listen, fuckhead. Fuck, you know, yeah, you, you, you can do whatever you want to do. You can put me on mute. You can turn the goddamn channel for all I care. What the fuck are you doing? And you're listening to us now. So obviously you hit the fucking you switch night, asshole. Welcome back to the Royal Rumble. I've got Daryl. Hello. I've got Dan. All right. Uh, we're on Podbean now. Uh, we crashed our previous host, so royalgrumble.com slash podbean. No, oh, no, that's absolutely wrong. Royalgrumble.podbean.com uh, yep. is where you'll find us now. Great uh, start we... to that. Oh, all right. Okay. I'm going to go on that. <laughs> Someone's uh, hard. Oh. We've got, um, <laughs> obviously you can always find us at facebook.com slash royalgrumble. Um, we've got a Twitter at twitter.com slash royalgrumblepod. Uh, and we're actually, we're on iTunes now, I believe. Yep. As of, subscribe. As a very yeah. So uh, yeah, subscribe to us. So on welcome iTunes. to the big leagues, boys. We've welcome, made it. Welcome to the big leagues. And if you want to get in touch with us, obviously you can send us an email at royalgrumblepod at gmail dot com. Uh, we're not a review show. We're not a news show. So let's do what we always do and talk about some news anyway. Yes. Yeah. Um, China died. Mental, isn't it? Well, yeah. Uh, she was forty six, I believe. Yep. Uh, lots of tributes coming out on Twitter today, including a lot of ones from. WWE officially, uh, which I think probably surprised some people. Surprised me, certainly, because the first one I saw making a tribute was Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, I thought there might have been one just from WWE account. I didn't expect them all. I thought they'd be on media lockdown and be like, don't do it because we don't want people Googling China. Mm, they usually are, like especially after the whole thing with the, the Austin podcast where, uh, where Triple H was talking about her. Uh, but yeah, there's been all sorts of tributes, haven't there? I can read straight from the WWE page, their tribute. Uh, they say, a physically striking and talented performer, China was a true sports entertainment pioneer. Not only was the superstar dubbed the ninth wonder of the world, but founding member of the groundbreaking faction at D-Generation X. But she also holds the distinction of being the first woman to enter the Royal Rumble match and the first and only woman to win the Intercontinental Championship. And then it follows on with the tweet from Stephanie McMahon um, saying that she's a pioneer of our industry and she'll be missed. I think um, when I started watching wrestling was... Like sort of 2001 time so by that time she'd actually started competing in the women's division so I sort of missed China as a kind of uh, you know a high level competitor but I mean from what I gather and from what I've seen since she was she was a really big deal at one point like she was a really genuinely quite a big star in uh, you know a, a time of the business where there was a lot of interest in wrestling yeah 99 was when she hit a big peak um before that, she was introduced into the Generation X as Triple H's bodyguard when he was still Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, the whole gimmick with that was that she was a physically intimidating woman and none of the guys could actually hit her back, but she could ragdoll most people. She was the straight man as well, weren't she? For yeah. For comedy segment, she yeah, was just on there. As DX progressed, she became the straight man to the yeah. uh, gimmick. And then as things progressed, she became a single star in her own right and became the first women's intercontinental champion, as the WWE page said. Uh, had of quite infamous match with Jeff Jarrett, which is why he's not allowed back in the company, where he asked for more money. But that was at a time where, like, she was on top of the world. Um, the whole thing doing Playboy was—it was a huge issue. I, I can't remember whether that or the Sable issue was the biggest seller. But yeah, um, '99 was her big peak. After that, she went back into the women's division, and uh, sort of after that, left the WBA. And it was after them when things seemed to go a little downhill. Um, it's quite tragic really well i mean that was the sad thing about it was i don't think anyone would have been particularly surprised 
upon hearing this. Like I certainly, you know, it was sad to read, but I certainly wasn't shocked when I found out. Um, and I think that probably goes for a lot of people. Yeah, but I think she were fucked before she came into wrestling, <laughs> because like she. So listen, Graham's just turned his head because he's worried. But like this is like. I'm not worried. No, I'm just. I'm just. Uh, I think he is worried though because. I'm not worried. No, I just. I, I don't want to provoke the wrong sort of reaction from you. So. Oh I'll, no! I'll, like I'll I'm, like because he she's um, in her autobiography she talks about, and I've not I've I've read it like ages ago so I I'm not gonna say exactly what happened because I can't remember but she has some bad upbringing, um I don't know if like a dad beat her up or a dad just a dad like left the home and she was. Have you read a book? Either I've not it? read it, but um, Dave Meltzer on stage, Wrestling Observer Radio, talks about it quite a bit. Um, she had a bad upbringing involving her, her dad, and then after that, it was the heavy drug use that was the big issue. And he he says that she was like the typical user, where it was everyone else's. Like she wasn't, she didn't have a problem. It was the problem of everyone else. Yeah, but what what my point I was gonna what I was saying is that like she came into the business already kind of like messed up, yeah, or like she had. Uh, bad, bad, really bad experience and then sort of like the business kind of rescued her in a way because like she, she was obviously on steroids like it's not me- yeah, any bones about that like yeah. or she was on some kind of performance enhancing drug we might some, have been, yeah they were doing something yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that she seemed okay like she obviously like we just spoke about a career from like 97 ish to like 2001 when she left mm-hmm. WWE like she was on top of the world for a lot of that because like she came in like you said triple h's bodyguard associate with Shawn michaels probably the top either 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 the top or the top one of the top two stars in the company so like she was like main event at that point if you, you can argue yeah. yeah um and then she was doing this stuff with jericho uh who was a top star yeah feuding with jared which jared's not a top star but she won the intercontinental belt which is a big deal um uh, with Eddie Guerrero, which we didn't talk about, that was a that was good. A lot of people yeah. say that was really good. Now, I, I think a lot of that could be attributed to the fact that so many people say that 2000 was like a classic era for WWE. I don't know a lot about it, but a lot of people say that that was, you know, still a very engaging part of the show. I believe it was the first time he really got to see Eddie Guerrero's like personal, like some personality from him. Yeah. With the whole Mamacita thing, where he was trying to woo her. So then you've got that, and I just think that. Uh, at that point in her life she was like a really good role model for for women or for girls at least because like i know at time my sister were watching wrestling and like all the other women are doing chocolate pudding matches yeah brown and panties matches yeah, that sort of stuff yeah. and maybe she did a brown panties match i don't I, she might have done someone might say oh well she did it on this day or whatever i don't know but you don't really associate that with her like with sable you associate it with like getting her hands painted and putting them over her boobs and stuff like that yeah. And like Sonny, like doing the photo shoots and stuff like that. And I know, like China did Playboy, but you don't necessarily associate that with her in a wrestling career. You you look at the times when she won the men's belts, she entered the Royal Rumble, that kind of thing. And I think she was important as well because they gave her the title, the ninth wonder of the world. Now, for those that are less educated than us, there's not actually eight wonders in the world. No, like obviously Andre the Giant was. Andre was the eight. Yeah, yeah, the, and. Like if you don't know how much of a big deal Andre is, listeners. They made a statue out of him, and they have a match that's dedicated to him every year at WrestleMania now. So like, China, they gave China the ninth wonder of the world. So like, they obviously thought she was a big deal um, at the time. Yeah. So like, she, whatever she's done later on in her career, um, outside of wrestling, um, 
she was obviously a big deal in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I she was. Sorry. Ultimately, it's just ultimately it's it's just it's a very sad story. Like I think we don't need to go into specific details of what she what happened after she left WWE. Obviously, there's been so many issues. She's um, you know, found herself doing different things, and you know, it goes without saying that the, the that's caused issues within the company as well. Especially like when uh, Triple H has been asked about it specifically on the Stone Cold podcast. Um, and there's questions whether or not she could go into the Hall of Fame. I don't I think, think I don't think she should. I I definitely didn't think she would when I when that that sort of came about and I think I I agreed with the philosophy of it. I know some people don't agree. I can understand both sides of it. I think there's a higher chance now just because of the way they've sort of been acting today. Um obviously yeah. well obviously not today but like the way that just because of the way that they've been acting obviously post you know after her dying so I'm not going to say one way or another whether I think she should whether I think she shouldn't but I think the sad truth is that there's probably a higher chance that she will now now that she's actually gone than there would have been when she was still around well I'm not going to be petitioning against her being inducted if she if they do announce it but I don't think she should like I think that the stuff that she's done outside of wrestling kind of negates the stuff she did in wrestling and leaves a bad image. I'm not yeah. getting on my eye horse about people doing porn because do what you want, it's your life. But I just think that from WWE's corporate perspective and from setting a role model, they, they've got this women's division and they're doing the Divas Revolution or whatever they're calling that now. I don't think you can say that you're empowering women with what China's done, I don't know. Like, I, that's maybe that's yeah, just me. I get, I get what you mean. I think, I think there's definitely two sides of the coin. I, I would accept any argument one way or another. I wouldn't be, like you say, I wouldn't be petitioning against it if she was to be nominated. But at the same time, I will completely understand if she never is. Yeah, it's it's a troubling area because you could compare it to a lot of other people in the Hall of Fame who've got their own issues. But she and she did have a huge impact in the short time she was in the WWE. But the issue since is what she's become more infamous for now, and it just adds to the tragedy of all this, really. Yeah, I think ultimately it's just a very sad story, and like it's just something that you know you've got to accept, and possibly that's a part of who she's going to be, how she's going to be remembered. But I am pleased that at least in this sort of circumstance when she obviously has passed on that people are being respectful and that WWE are actually showing a modicum of respect in terms of remembering who she was to them and I'm pleased about that I th ultimately you know it's, it's a sad story and I think all you can do is you know mourn respectfully and move on really uh, and speaking of moving on we, we have to move on to Daryl because Daryl You've got you've got the ability of the curse, haven't you? Well, what have I done now? Well, in our last show, you spent a good five minutes uh, ripping on Connor from the Ascension. Yeah, because it is a mess. Ratitude, <laughs> well, in face. Sure enough, it was proved that he's a mess. He's been suspended yeah. for sixty days. Yeah. Who's oh. next? Who's next? Come at me! Come well, at me at NXT shit asses. <laughs> I'll tell you who's next because it was at the same time. Adam Rose has also been suspended. Oh. Um, he's not only gone from the roster, been suspended, but he has made a uh, 
a little statement on Twitter. Well, it's not a little statement on Twitter because if it was a little statement on Twitter, it'd be in 140 characters. But Adam Rose being as I don't even know how what to make of this statement. Yeah. Uh, do you think he just wants sacking? Do you want to read the well, statement? Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. Um, I'll just point out uh, Connor and Adam Rose both it's on their second violation, so that's a 60-day suspension, I believe. Yeah, apparently, um, if they were in NXT at the time, they weren't announcing the suspensions. Yeah. But um, I would assume Adam Rose would have been Leo Kruger at the time anyway. Yeah, so he possibly. was. And um, also, Connor was back in Deep South. Jesus, that was ages yeah, ago. Yeah, it was yeah, a long he's, time He's been ago. with company forever. But yeah, can you blame been. him when he thought it were a good idea to say that he had a rat face? And and they were like, oh yeah, they, why am I not on main roster, guys? Because you're eating cheese, Connor. <laughs> Stop knowing your leg. <laughs> so uh, Adam Rose posted a statement on Twitter regarding his suspension. Uh, I'll read out the full thing. <laughs> I was not going to respond to my suspension, but I feel I have to. I have two sons that will one day read the news about their daddy and a sister that died from complications related to a lifelong battle of heroin. So I feel the need and right to respond and let the truth be known. I'm pretty sure this response will meet nowhere near the publicity that my suspension did and that this response is tantamount to career suicide. But I feel for my sons, my sister and the rest of my family. You, the WB Universe, have the right to know the truth of my suspension and what it was for. I will also quote my doctor in my response as he was as shocked and appalled by the suspension. I can say right now I did not do anything knowingly wrong and was taking prescribed medication that my doctor and I followed all the correct, correct protocol on. My actual response and doctor's response will be coming soon, but before you judge, know the facts. My family and I are still collecting ourselves from this blow. I have zero anger or animosity towards WB, but feel the administrators over at WB Wellness Policy were just simply not right in taking this action. But I feel facts are the facts, and my family and I will be the ones putting our lives back together after this mess. My response will be up soon, along with my doctor's. So that's not actually his statement. No, that's he's just gone, oh, I'm, I'm going to make a statement. Yeah, what's the point then? Announcing an announcement. Yeah. One PW reference of the week. There you go. I do not owe you money. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, he, he, there's a sentence in there where he says, um, I, I don't think my response will be met with the same publicity as my suspension, and also it's career suicide. Those two things co contradict each other, right? Because if it wasn't met with the same response... If it wasn't met with any publicity, it wouldn't be career suicide, would it? Because yeah, they wouldn't there's care. A, there's a thing there where he talks about his sister's heroin addiction. I'm his just sister's like, heroin addiction. I'm sure that's what he says. Yeah, his right. sister in his sister yeah. died from heroin yeah. addiction. And like, right. obviously that's sad, that's sad, but like, no one's thinking. I can guarantee no one's thinking he's got suspended for heroin. Everyone's thinking he's either got suspended for weed or suspended for steroids. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Um, whether he has or not, that's what everyone will be thinking. Yeah, I would have thought. So that, like, man. why is he? Oh, sister heroin. That's sad, but like, don't don't bring that up. That's it's not an excuse, is it? No. no. I guess it's an attempt to clear his name. Um, but it's not, though, is it? Because it's not. A, it's not. At he's all, he's obviously said, he's obviously popped for something that they're not happy about, and that's yeah. why he's got suspended. And yeah, he might have a prescription, but I don't know how their policy works. If you've got a prescription, can you just take it? Uh, no, there'll still be banned substances within oh, that. Right. So, yeah. so you fucked it then, mate. Basically, if you've if you've got something in in your system that you shouldn't have then fucking do one. Plus, you're Adam Rose. So, <laughs> like, you've right, if you're John Cena and you pop, then Vince is pr pretty much just going to be like, nah, whatever, fuck it. Because Randy Orton, I'm sure that he's earned his suspensions off again. So, like, he's, he's, he'd be back to 30 days because they don't want to fire him. The Randy Orton suspensions are hilarious. Yeah. Like, the, the number of times it's been like, oh, well, well, one of them didn't count. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, this one didn't count. He's had oh, six, no, well, he's six months good count. behavior. He's so. on two strikes, though. We'll talk, we could sack him any time. <laughs> Although, frankly, now they probably could sack him any time because, like, what, what's he going to do? Go to TNA? Don't, don't call him fragile. <laughs> what? what? 
Oh, see, that's a reference that only I'm going to get, isn't it? He did a uh, Brazilian TV interview. And he the did interview a Brazilian like... TV interview. Oh, uh, it, it became a really famous video. It must because... have been the one Brazilian TV interview I didn't watch. <laughs> it became really famous because he got really angry with the presenter because he asked him about his constant injuries. And he said, that, uh, why are you fragile? And Randy Orton threatened to knock his teeth down his throat and got in his face. While the presenter, awkwardly thinking it's some sort of angle, was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Randy Orton's wanting to tear he, uh, apart. Remember when he threw a, threw a TV out the window in, in Britain and he got suspended for that crash in his hotel room? <laughs> but he earned that back off. It's fine, don't worry. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. It's all right. And his um, dad's the reason no one's allowed to bleed. Yeah. yeah. Anything else to say about Connor, Daryl? Um, Anyone else you want to curse for the future? I don't know, like, you don't like Dolph Ziggler. Like, I could put a curse on him if you want. Give it a go. Might as well. Yeah. I don't think he takes steroids. Do you not? No. Well, I don't think any of them take steroids because that'd be slander, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not into that. I'm yeah. not about that life. I never, yeah. I never slander anyone. Okay. No. Interesting. So, um, yeah. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not. You couldn't even keep a straight face for that one. No. No, but I'm not gonna um, curse anyone this week. I think. Oh, we're not doing segments, but we could do the Papa Shango cursing segment, where <laughs> where I cast Excellent. a spell on someone, but. This week we'll just leave it for this week because we've all, we've caught, we've got a double dose of Connor and Adam Rose. Yeah, so that'll that'll do it for now. Yeah. Um, what's what's Victor doing nowadays? Uh, at house show in Newcastle, he just became the new member of the Social Outcast. I don't know whether it was one night deal or what, but well, that makes it, sense. Yeah, he's took See, Adam Rose's place. Adam. He's got he's got a weird little face as well, and he's got really crap hair and a ponytail. Why they probably just put him in Adam Rose's tights and went, look, there's Adam Rose. Here he is. <laughs> Do you want to speak Adam Rose? No, no, you don't. No, no. It's no. Adam Rose. What do you mean? What, Victor? No. No, it's not. Wait, who's saying what Victor? Because none of the audience are going, that's Victor. They don't know who he is. <laughs> I didn't know what he was called. And I, like, he's he's the other one in the Ascension. When I heard the news of suspension, I had to Google to make sure which one which one was which. I always forget because I always thought when they... See, I didn't watch the, the good series of NXT like Daryl did. Um... But I always, um, I always thought the little one was the one who looked more ratty. So like when I found nice. out that it was actually the big one who was Rattitude, I was actually shocked. Nah, it's definitely the big one. He has got a rat face. Oh, the little one's also got a bit of a rat face though, hasn't he? Well. Uh, anyway. Yeah. They could repackage them. Could. They won't. Uh, Why would they bother? Well, the repackage lost matadors, aren't they? Yeah. Why would yeah, you? Why would you bother? Yeah, yeah, but they're like, um, I think they quite like them for some reason. There's something about like, probably partly because they're from a old wrestling family, and partly because the the other problem is they don't have any Hispanic wrestlers, do they? Or the ones that they have are not stars. Yeah, like Sin Cara. Yeah. Version uh, two. Yeah, Sin Cara version two point or Callisto who defended his United States title at WrestleMania. He's a tiny, of, tiny little boy. Isn't Twelve it? people. Yeah. He is. He is. His Mattel figure is actual size. Yeah, he's because he's not a dwarf, but he is a dwarf, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Do you want to put him in a WLC match? I'd, I'd fucking love that. <laughs> um, the last suspension was Hornswoggle, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. I've yeah. Got... Talk, he... Talking to dwarfs. <laughs> is he back now? By the way, his his suspension is over, but. Yeah, well, obviously he's not yeah. back because why would they put him on TV he just, hang, he just hangs around catering I think he probably does like, he, he has got the job hasn't he yeah, they can't put him back on TV though can they no. because like now that they're so sort of corporate responsibility and stuff they what are they how are they going to put him back on TV just dance, in, dancing about in what role 
He's not going to be dancing about there. Who's firing t-shirt, firing t-shirt guns. They could do that. Do you know? What? Now I've said this, right? I guarantee you, on Raw, Hornswoggle, part of the Social Outcasts, That'd be good though. Dressed as Adam Rose, that'd be better. It'd be a perfect Social Outcast. Um, <laughs> Daniel, looking at me funny. What? I don't know. Should okay. Should we be saying that dwarfs are Social Outcasts though? Is that what you're saying, Graham? Is well, that are you, are you being dwarfist? Well, uh, frankly, I think that <laughs> I think putting. Hornswoggle in a group with uh, I was going to call him Axel Rose for a second there putting him in a group with uh, Curtis Axel is offensive to Hornswoggle so that should give you my are you, not, are you not a fan of the Axeman I'm, I'm not a fan of the Axeman Curtis Axel because the, I was because the genesis of McGillicutty is coming <laughs> could you imagine if they put him back to that gimmick that'd be amazing they're like Curtis it's not working out mate I need to uh I don't even think Curtis Axel's that fucked about wrestling anymore because he just he just wears shorts. Yeah. Like this is this is a visual reference, listener. But the shorts I've got on at the minute are pretty much the shorts that Curtis Axel wears. It's like they're not just, even jorts. They're just generic shorts from Primark. Yeah. And he's going bald. <laughs> I'm not one to talk, but I'm not a wrestler. No. Well, at least he wears a hat though. He does. Remember when he used to wear a do rag? <laughs> do you remember? Ah. Oh. Actually, that's a point. That's something I wanted to bring up, and I'm going to put a lot of pressure on you now because I never mentioned it before. And okay. um, you're going to the uh, Sheffield House show. I am. So next time, review it. Okay, so, that, that's even fine. though you know how we're not a news show, we're not a review show. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to do a review of it. So I only, I'm only going to buy a New Day shirt. I know. That's literally <laughs> what. Do you know? Apparently, I, I read a thing. Um, new Day were the were the top sellers of merchandise at WrestleMania. Yeah, because what other merchandise are you going to buy? Yeah, good point. AJ Styles gloves. So you can do the hands in, in Texas, where it's like ninety degrees. Yeah, it'd be a bad idea. Pop some but... gloves on. Well, I'm gonna take that chance to smoothly segue into what we're talking about this week, which well, is you could you could have smoothly segue by saying we've talked about the four greatest stars in WWE, um, Heath Slater, and the other social outcast that I can't name, <laughs> and now we're gonna talk about the New Japan four. Brilliant, you've ruined that segue. <laughs> Cheers, thanks. You literally talked about AJ Styles. Yeah, so don't worry about it. It's fine, mate. Yeah. Uh, I'm, only, yeah. I'm only here to ruin the show. I know. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Top notch. Thanks. Uh, this is great banter. Uh-oh. Oh, don't say that word. Uh, <laughs> not even funny in a sort of Alan Partridge <laughs> ironic way. You've just ruined it. You've just ruined the show for everybody. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he is right. We are talking about the New Japan 4. So, for those who are uninitiated, the New Japan 4 we are talking about is AJ Styles. Luke Gallows, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Carl Anderson, who have all recently debuted in some form of WWE. Uh, obviously, Shinsuke Nakamura started in NXT. He's had two matches on television so far. AJ Styles began at the Royal Rumble, and he is headed to a title shot of Payback. And Anderson and Gallows have been on a couple of episodes of Raw, and, well, they've made quite a big impact as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're uh, a bit racist towards Samoans, aren't they? They kick fuck out of them. Brilliant. It's a great way to introduce them. <laughs> Fantastic. Dan, why don't you talk about... Because uh, I think it's safe to say that Daryl and I are not experts on New Japan in any sort of way, shape, no. or form. Like, I've, I don't even know if I've watched any New Japan, which is a terrible admission on my part, but nonetheless. So I'm deferring to your knowledge here, Dan, really. Um, give us some background. I'll, I'll give a brief... Uh, Nakamura's the biggest star out of the four to come from New Japan. Uh, he was a New Japan trainee. He won the IWGP Heavyweight Champion at an early age. Uh, he's had a really long career, about 10 years in New Japan. 
uh, where he's won every major title. He's the guy who made the Intercontinental title as big as it was there. Oh, the one that MVP won. Yeah, the one that MVP won. Uh, when he took it on, it became a main event belt when they did a fan vote one year for the Tokyo Dome, saying which do you want as the main event, the heavyweight title or the Intercontinental title, and Nakamura won out on that one. Uh, yeah, he's an absolutely huge star there. So Sorry, just to go back, yep. just for the listeners and maybe for me a little bit, you're saying the Intercontinental belt, the New Japan one. Yeah. That's not the same as our Intercontinental belt, though, is it? Because ours no. is a bit shit. Uh, think about it back in like the early 90s or even like the mid-90s where the Intercontinental title was kind of like the workhorse belt yeah. whereas the heavyweight belt was just the big hosses. It's not quite like New Japan. They're almost on a par. So like um, the WWE title and World Heavyweight title. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much like that. Um, so yeah, Nakamura was the champion there. Um, AJ Styles, everyone knows him from TNA, uh, NWA champion, TNA champion, had quite a long career in the US. Uh, he recently went over to New Japan about two years ago and instantly got over there, joined up with the Bullet Club, um, won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship on his first night, which is an absolutely huge deal. Uh, was a constant main eventer during his time there, uh, finishing up with a match against Nakamura that is, it, it's my match of the year still. I don't know if anything will come close to it this year. Carl uh, Anderson is a long-time New Japan guy. Uh, in multiple different tag teams, the most recent one with uh, Luke Gallows as the Bullet Club. Uh, Carlinson's actually the founder member of the Bullet Club. It, the name comes from his nickname, the Machine Gun. And then Luke Gallows, you might remember him from the Straight Edge Society or as Festus back in WWE. Frankly, I remember him as Freaking Deacon. Fake Kane. Fake Kane. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of failed gimmicks in WWE. Well? Was, he, was he something else apart? I feel like there's something in between. Maybe not. I don't quite remember. But after his WWE run, he had a brief spell in TNA as part of Aces Nates. And then, yeah, he was Doc, director yeah, of Chaos. Yeah, Doc, Doc Gallows. And then, Is that really what they called him? Yeah. I Doc. knew he was called Doc, but I didn't realise that was why. <laughs> That's awful. TNA is awful. No one should watch TNA. Should they, Dan? Carry on. <laughs> well, so, yeah, unless, uh, unless you like the Aryan race. Because um, <laughs> I know we're talking about New Japan, but yeah, break, yeah. breaking news... Um, the Blues Brothers, Jake and Eli Blue, Skull and Eight Ball. Um, they have got Hitler tattoos on them, so this isn't slander. Um, they might end up buying TNA, but that's another podcast for another that's time. That's Bobby Lashley's push fucked. Yeah. Well, not, we will talk about that another time, I think. Podcast, it? So even though I actually am, you know, venomously opposed to uh, putting TNA as the subject of our podcast, even I can understand that when you bring the Nazis in to take over TNA, it makes worthwhile listening. But if they come in, we could have a feud between them and the British invasion. Why? Who do you think you're kidding, Mr. Hitler, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> yes. Fair play. Anyway. Uh, can we talk about New Japan, please? Yeah, like... I'll, I'll finish off my little run. Uh, Luke Gallows went to New Japan after TNA and joined up with Carl Anderson, joining the Bullet Club as well. They were IWGP tag team champions for a while and eventually at the beginning of this year all four handed in their notice on the eve of the Tokyo Dome show which is New Japan's biggest show of the year and what is probably the biggest coup of talent since probably the WCW WWE Monday Night War days yeah but they only did it on the same day because that's when the contracts were out isn't it Cause... yeah uh, New Japan used to do one year contracts that would all renew at the end of January or around that time uh, they've changed that system now, thankfully. Um, I think Okada's the first one to sign up to a new multi-year deal because he was another name that apparently was WWE was interested in looking at. But um, yeah, they all came over and now they're in WWE, all debuted. 
Yes, I mean, it was a really big deal. I, As far as you're saying about the talent exodus from New Japan to, to the WWE, you're, you're probably about right in terms of large... I mean, I know there's been some large exoduses in Japanese history, but it's usually, like, internally. So, yeah. like, um, for example, I think... Now, you can correct me if any of this is wrong. I know that Pro Wrestling Noah was founded because Mizawa left. I want to say... All Japan? Yeah, I believe it was All Japan. Yeah. Um, sorry, go on. He, he left All Japan and took a, a heavy amount of talent with him after, I, I believe, I might be shaky on this, so I apologise if it's wrong, it's Giant Barber was the guy who was in charge of All Japan, and then he died, his wife took over, didn't hand over to Mizawa, she either wanted to run it herself or moved it on to somebody odd, and Mizawa took that as a sign of insult and went and formed Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah. I know there was also a large exodus at one point, and again, I'm shake on the details of who went where, with Kaiji Muto, the great Muto. Yeah, he went over to All Japan. Right, okay, so he went from New Japan to All Japan, yeah. so that was probably, I'm guessing that was a really weak period. In fact, was that when a New Japan were doing, oddly enough, like they were bringing in people like Goldberg, and I think China. Yeah, China, China made a few appearances for New Japan. She did, yeah, because yeah. she actually had a match with Chono. Yeah, I know that much. Um, but I think a lot of that was in response to the fact that they lost a lot of talent. But this is the first, to my knowledge, time that they're actually bringing a large group. I mean, four is you yeah. know relatively not that large, but when you consider how important they were in terms of the promotion, a large group across from the east, albeit you know the majority of which are American, yeah. to WWE, and that I knew it was a big deal reading about it at the time and i don't even follow new japan very well very well going on from what you were just saying with nakamura new japan hit a low during the early 2000s and nakamura and tanahashi were the two who really like picked up new japan and over the years has helped rebuild it into what's now the biggest company in japan and it can actually compete on a worldwide level in terms of like internet pay-per-views and things like that I think you could second. You could definitely call them the second biggest company in the world. Yeah, I mean they can set, they can hold huge events at the Tokyo Dome, which is an absolutely massive venue. And Nakamura is one of the people responsible for that. That's why his leaving was such a huge deal. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's it's really interesting because it's something that we've sort of not really experienced before. But um, I think we're going to talk about how we feel like in a similar vein to what we did with the NXT call-ups last last time. We're going to talk about how we feel like they'll all cope. I think the best person to start with is probably AJ Styles because I know Daryl, you've probably got a lot to say about him, and yeah, I know I certainly do as well. Mint. He is brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, but I love AJ Styles. I'd even go so far as to call him phenomenal. Would you? I, no. Oh. Yeah, I would really. He's all right. He's all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty good. Like we, we both watched him in TNA, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Like when TNA was worth watching. Oh yeah, like not you... now. <laughs> yeah, so like <laughs> probably two thousand is when I started watching TNA right like from I'd heard about TNA like when it first started because I used to buy Powerslam magazine and they had like reviews of the shows in there but I think it was like the first like proper pay-per-view they did like the first three hour pay-per-view is when I started watching TNA and um, I think that one of the first matches I, remember, I can remember off the top of my head is Destination X 2000 and I want to say 4 but it might be 5 Okay. and it's AJ Styles and it's Christopher Daniels the X Division belt and Christopher Daniels wins 
but it's like that's that was like a really good match. It was the first match that I saw, and I was like, why is this guy not in WWE? Like referring to AJ Styles because Christopher Daniels is a bit of a skinny fuck, <laughs> but but like like why is he not in WWE? And then like just from then like I've just been like a massive massive fan of him, and like even through his like shitty period in TNA where they made him wear a crown and made him pretend he were married to Karen Angle and all the other things he did like um, when he he had, he, he had to wear did, a turkey suit. Yeah, did he have a baby with someone? Oh, there was oh wow. Claire Lynch. Yeah, Claire you know, Lynch. I, I didn't even know if we were allowed to mention that because it was so terrible. I genuinely don't have any idea You're of this. Not, I, I don't even want to dignify it, but no, we we're gonna have to know because he's not he's not heard of it. So basically, there was some. Can I give the punchline as to who she really was, by the way? Yeah, because I, I don't even remember everything okay. about you, it. So, you tell the angle as much as the yeah, can, and then I want so to say who she was in real again, life. Again, listeners, I don't really watch TNA, so it's just what I've read. So I might get some facts wrong, but basically. Uh, there was this big scandal, obviously all storyline was big scandal with AJ Styles, and uh, Dixie Carter knew the secret or something, and uh, Claire Lynch had uh, this woman called Claire Lynch turned up one day and was like, "Oh, AJ Styles has had my baby, or I'm having his baby, or something like that," and uh, and then he's like, "Oh no, there's more to it, there's more to it," but then that was it, and then I can't remember what the more to it was, but it turns out it weren't his kid, it was somebody else's kid, um, it it was TNA bollocks, is how we'll describe it. <laughs> So everything now is going to be TNA bollocks. So, um, do you want to tell him who Claire Lynch was? Yeah, well, I, um, essentially, the way it turned out was that she was, in the angle, she was a drug addict who AJ and Dixie Carter had been helping. And it was so stupid, but the upshot of which was, it turned out that the actual actress was Olive Oil off of the Popeye ride at, at Universal Studios Florida. <laughs> So loads of people were going out with photos with olive oil, and then she'd wander into the impact zone. It was just goff. I think it won the um, you know the, the Gooker Award. Yeah. Off of WrestleCrap because it really was just terrible. But. But he was still having good matches all the way through all that shit. He, he survived st- that. Yeah, he still had good matches, and then he survived it to the point that he had to go over to Japan to kind of resurrect his career. Because I don't, I don't remember WWE being interested in him. I don't remember him. No, they weren't. I mean. They've always, I think they've always held an interest in him, but they've they've never held a serious interest in him because his philosophy was I can make more money on the indies in TNA and I can have more time with my family. Yeah, because basically around that time WWE weren't doing what they're doing now. So like he, the money he'd, he'd be on he, in his head he'd get sent to Florida or the deep Probably south, higher valley I think at the time you know, yeah, deep south or higher valley something like that. And uh, so it'd be on the piss poor wages that they're on rather than being on his TNA money that he was on. So, like, I think that that's what his philosophy was then. But now, because they're calling people up and he had more negotiation, he was like, give me that main event of money. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely delighted to see AJ Styles in WWE. Um, much like yourself, I think at, at one point he was probably my favourite wrestler. Yeah. I think there's even... You know, I might even go as far as to say he still is. Um, he was... In 2005, when I started watching TNA, because I, I think... Um, I've probably told you this before. Um, I started watching TNA in 2005 because I had only just sort of started looking back at wrestling then. I'd not really got back into it until about that year. And then I was on a news website or something and they said that this show was headlined by Raven against Rhino. Now, I know for a lot of people that would be like, so, so what, who, who cares? But like, I always was quite keen on Raven and Rhino, even when they were in WWE, because I had a... 
I think the first show I watched all the way through uh, was Backlash 2001, which was when they had that hardcore match where Rhino basically gored himself into the shopping cart. Yeah, so, that, yeah. yeah, which they did again in the in the TNA match, and I thought it was really good. It was a fun hardcore brawl, but it confused me actually watching the show, which was TNA Unbreakable, that that wasn't the main event because that was the world title match. And I was like, well, why is this not the main event? So I watched on, and it was AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Samoa Joe in the main event of Unbreakable for the X Division Championship, which I think I believe it's a five star match, like on the Wrestling Observer. I think it's a five star match on the Wrestling Observer. And um, it was just it was just remarkable. Like I couldn't believe that this was it was a completely different brand of wrestling for me. I never watched WCW when it was in the cruiserweights and stuff, but the X division was a really big deal um, and really entertaining in a way that I'd not seen before. That's what caused me to follow TNA. And I think for about a year, a year and a half after that, TNA's stories and TNA's general sort of output was I felt a lot stronger than what WWE were doing like especially the X Division storylines would be a lot more engaging and it also helped that AJ Styles was sort of accessible to me because he used to come to the 1PW shows at the Dome I remember buying tickets, second row seats for No Turning Back Night 1 which was AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels Samojo and Charlie Haas. Charlie Haas so odd wasn't it but like, but I was really excited about seeing that match, and from there I became a huge fan. Now I haven't really followed him in Japan, but from what I gather, he's only gotten better, and it seems to transmit to now that he's in WWE. Like, he's he's doing a WrestleMania was a misstep. That was disappointing for me. Do you think? Well, him losing to Jericho. Yeah, but like. Why, no. why does it everyone wins and loses don't they like, yeah but I think um, it's in my head right and I might be dead wrong on this but Jericho when sort of putting together that match or that feud or whatever else like that he still had Fandango in his head do you think because AJ Styles is like a million miles away from Fandango of course he is mate but it's Chris Jericho Chris Jericho thinks he's so much better than he is you've heard him talk about himself he's like oh well when guys like you and me came up to like Stone Cold and The Rock and Triple H and other people that were higher than him. Um, and this is Chris Jericho, who was probably my favourite wrestler in 2001 when I started watching. Um, and I do think that's a big part of it. I bet when they brought him in, he was like, yeah, I'll do your food, but you've got to give me the win at WrestleMania. Because I think he, he's still itching about that Fandango loss at the one that we went to. And... Because otherwise, why would he have... Because I think we probably thought that he was going to go into a feud with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah, after he, after he beat AJ Styles, I thought that was why they beat him. But I don't know, like... I was probably annoyed when it happened, but because I know where it's gone now, I'm not that bothered. I'm a lot more calm about it since then. But it still does annoy me a little bit. And it's just little moments like that that make you think, well, it might not all go well. I hope he does because I think he's, you know, I think he is fantastic, and he is one of my favourites. But it's only little things that then that sort of make you panic a little bit. I don't know, like I'm not, I'm not that panicked about him. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna beat Roman Reigns for belt. No. No. I think that's kind of certain that he's not. They're not going to take the belt off Roman Reigns this soon. 
Yeah, but like, he, he might win it at some point. Yeah, I can see that. I think maybe we, we should be doing this podcast after payback, or at least the AJ Styles bit, because like, let's say he do not win the belt, it's where they go with him after that, because he's had a big feud with Jericho, lost that, he has a big feud with Roman Reigns, loses that, where does he go after that, does he have a big feud and win, does he drop down to Intercontinental level and beat whoever's champion, I don't know, Like it all depends what they do with him after that, I think. I mean, I think we've jumped a little far forward. We should go back to the Royal Rumble and talk about when he debuted. Uh, it's, um, when he originally came out, they did the cool camera angle where they showed Roman Reigns' reaction to him rather than showing who it was, which kind of helped in a way. At the time, I was thinking, well, why would they not show his entrance? Because now we've seen entrance, it was pretty cool how it happened. But they got to show the shock on Roman Reigns' face, and then here comes AJ Styles, who got a huge reaction at the Royal Rumble. And then he lasted pretty long in the Royal, Royal Rumble match. Now, no one was under any assumptions he was going to win it, but it was a really good debut. And then from there, he went into the Chris Jericho feud where it's been a little 50-50. He's looked really good. But like you said, the problems of the WrestleMania match with like how I feel about who won. Also, like my big problem with it wasn't... Well, I, I do think AJ Styles should have got the victory, especially considering he's moved on to a feud with Roman Reigns. But it was the killing of the Styles clash, which was... They built it really well in the first few appearances until they finally hitting it, and now they seem to have just killed it off. And they've, I can understand why with the history of injuries, especially over the last few years, uh, there's been a few high-profile uh, like neck breaks from that move where people haven't taken Take the bump properly. properly. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why they want to move away from it, but they've kind of killed off an aspect of his character there. Yeah, uh, some of the people are excited like, for. Yeah, you can probably pick Jericho up to do it. But kind yeah. of pick Roman Reigns up to it. Roman Reigns is a lot bigger. In which case, just don't have him do it though. I mean, I would be gutted if he hadn't done it because, like, you know, it's it's what I know him for. But yeah. if you have him do it and then get people to kick out of it, that's worse. No, I think he has hit it on bigger guys before. He hit it on Curtis Axel. Now I don't know how big he is, but I know he's not small. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was trying to think if he hit it on a bit before. Yeah, he definitely did it at least once to a bit. Okay, maybe, maybe two or three times. Maybe it's not to do with bigger guys then. No, I don't know if he did it properly to this. Like he might not have linked the arms like he usually. I'll tell does. you this: he did do it properly because he didn't break his neck, yeah. so he did it properly. Yeah, that, yeah, that's probably a doing it properly, not yeah. like, yeah, you know, not taking it wrong. Yeah. Um, to wrap that up, then um, AJ Styles, how do we think he's going to do, Dan? Uh, I think he'll do well in the future. Um, he's doing the feud now with Roman Reigns, and he's still getting great reactions. I know it helps with him being in the they're in England recently. And they did a big angle that we're going to talk about soon. Um, it seems like they're setting him up for something quite big that's also going to move him away from the title pitch for a while, which will probably help him, help establish him of how good a guy he is, how good in the ring he is, and hopefully bring a bit more of his character out too. So I can see good things for him, like at least for the next year or so. Dan? Uh, no, you're Dan. He's Daryl. Daryl? Daryl. Hi, pleased to meet you. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to do all right. Like I said before about. We need to see what he's doing after payback. Like, if he doesn't win the belt at payback, what are you going to do with him? Like, not saying they can't do anything with him. It's just a where are they, where do they see him? Because I think once once we get past this feud with Roman Reigns, like that's when he's going to find his level. I think because mm. his excitement levels are high when he debuted, all the way up to uh, WrestleMania. Then we've got a bit of WrestleMania hangover where we, he's got his big feud, and then does he, does he become Dolph Ziggler, or well, does... he doesn't. I'll tell you right there, he doesn't become <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. 
sort of mean at that level. No one becomes Dolph Ziggler. No. Dolph Ziggler becomes you if you're Billy Gunn. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think he's he's got the potential to do some really great things, and I hope he does. I, I'm absolutely nailed on he'll win the Intercontinental title at some point. It's just whether he gets a world title reign. Um, and I think the very fact that they've put him into you know a title feud straight off WrestleMania, it's a good chance. Um, next one to talk about, I think, in terms of star power is Nakamura. Now, Nakamura, obviously... Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is in NXT rather than on the main roster. He, as I said before, he's had two matches. Um, but he is, as you've mentioned to us already, Dan, probably the biggest star in terms of who came across from New Japan and what he meant to New Japan. I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because he's very different to what we've seen before. Now, without wanting to sort of retread ground that we've already sort of discussed his history in New Japan and stuff, Dan, what do you see for Nakamura WWE. Uh, there's nothing but upward potential there with him. I mean, um, every time WWE does like a talent search type show, they always talk about the it factor. Uh, anytime, like even Steve Austin's podcast, he talks about the it factor with people. Nakamura has it the moment he walks through the curtain. Uh, you can just see he's just oozing charisma. He's just got. He's a complete package. Uh, he's got the whole thing with uh, Michael, the Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury influence on his character, and then he can kick the shit out of people. And those two aspects of his career is what's made him such a popular star. Um, he's had, what, two matches on television, like you mentioned so far. Both of those matches have been really great. Um, the Sami Zayn match, which he started off with, was just, it was an absolutely unbelievable match. Uh, the second one with Ty Dillinger was, a, it was a 10-minute TV match in front of what was kind of a dead crowd, but they woke up for him. And it, that, again, was a really great match. He seems to be able to work really well with people. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say about um, the reasoning behind him going to NXT, some people would question it. I think it's a really smart move because uh, the NXT crowd is more hardcore base and they know who Nakamura is, so the excitement's already there for him coming into NXT. And now through his performances in NXT, if they continue like this, and there's already been a little promo with Finn Balor mentioning the fact that Nakamura's here and he's going to be gunning for my title soon. So they've obviously got good plans for him there. For him to be in NXT now, the hype can build up ready for him to move to the main roster, where I think if they allow him to be him, allow him to show his own character, like kind of like, to compare him to this person is a bit weird, but uh, Baron Corbin, how I mentioned, he started showing a bit more of his own personality. And if they do that on the main roster, then he can do something. Maybe they, not a big star. They book differently on the main roster, though. Yeah, that's where the issue could come in, but Nakamura is a guy who he's kind of already a complete product. And if they bring him up onto the main roster... Just the moment he walks out of the curtain, they're going to be tell be able to tell how much of a big deal this guy is. I think stuff like Nakamura doing a ten minute TV match is really interesting because that's a completely different thing to what he's been used to before. Yeah. Um, and if he can sort of adapt to that sort of stuff, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Um, Daryl, I want I want to get your perspective on this because you're very much in the same boat as I am with Nakamura. Yeah. In terms of what you've seen before. Like I say, the the book different on main roster. So with NXT, is relatively protected. When he gets up on the main roster, it's like, can he do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke? In the Bet365.com stadium. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> but can you see my point, though? Like, yeah. Like, because it's so, the main roster's so different in terms of, like, what you're, what's expected of you, what what, what you've got to do. Like, like you were saying about a ten, doing a 10-minute match. But not only that, cutting a promo. Like, not everyone cuts a promo, I get that, but if you want to be a big star... 
they put a mic in your hand, or if you brought Lesnar, you tell them, no, I'm having Paul Heyman talk for me. <laughs> like, it, you can't... And I know he's, he, English isn't his first language. He's fluent, though. It's something they haven't really... really... Yeah, he's fluent. Um, JR was talking about him on a recent interview when he had Dave Meltzer on his show, and he talked about the fact that he was sat for an, about an hour talking with him. His English is very, very good. They're just not using it as much. Mm. And uh, I think it's it, like in his. They look... had Funaki, the, yeah. the designated Japanese wrestler. <laughs> it's hilarious. Isn't yeah. it? It's always Funaki. It's like we need somebody to translate. Get Funaki out. Oh dear, it's just it, it was Hidami, and now it's Nakamura. If they sign anyone else, it'll yeah. Be, it'll who be did Funaki. they have? In, did they have Kota Ibushi in? Crowd. They did, but he was yeah. sat next to yeah. Funaki. Not even he wasn't even there to translate. He was just sat next to Funaki. Bless him, number one announcer. Yeah, which he actually said at WrestleMania, which I thought was fantastic. Um, yeah, Nakamura for me, it, it can go one of two ways. Either he, I think his NXT run will be brilliant, and I think that's actually really in his favor because when they're trying to sell network subscriptions, they've already got a lot of sort of these dream matches that they can do in NXT with Nakamura against Balor. Nakamura against Mojo. Um, the Mojo match they've been doing on house shows. Yeah. Um, which, that's a match to be really excited for because Samojo, one of his big matches before, like I think it was just around the time he was hitting it big in TNA, was the match with uh, Kenta Kabashi, which is another five star match. Uh, he's kind of used to working that Japanese style, even though he never really made it over there. Um, that's a match that I would be really, really excited for, and I'm guessing Daryl would be as well with. His yeah, love of Samoa Joe. I fucking love Samoa Joe. You do bloody love Samoa yeah. Joe. And to be fair, I do as well. Um, but, like, the, so the NXT run will be fine. If from there on, I guess I do agree with you. The main roster is a very different beast. And it you need to book him differently. They will need to. But then, one thing that does make me a little more, uh, a little calmer about how that's going to end up is that from what we've gathered, he's on main event money in NXT already. He's on main roster money in NXT. Yeah. So that is money. That, it's a similar thing with AJ Styles, which I meant to bring up as well. It's money that they don't want to put down the drain. They don't want to spend that money on these people. Only, like, they're not going to bring them in just to screw around with it because they can't afford to do that anymore. There was a time when they could bring somebody in like Bill Goldberg and um, if they wanted him to put a wig on and stand next to Goldust, they could, uh, they could do that. But they knew that they were going to draw with him, but they weren't really bothered about the way they booked him. Because yeah, they just they wanted to bury him. Exactly, because they didn't like him. They, wa- yeah. they wanted the effect of having Goldberg in, but they didn't want to deal with Goldberg like he should have been booked. But they don't have that luxury anymore. They can't just throw people in and go, oh, well, he failed. I told you he wasn't good enough. Because they need stars. And people like AJ Styles, and especially Nakamura, have that potential. And if they're going to be paying them that money... They're going to want to see him succeed. Another um, big part of that as well is the WWE is moving into Japan with the network. Um, they've just announced the house shows, which is going to be headlined by AJ Styles, Asuka and Nakamura, and they sold out instantly. Really? Um, they, they're they going to use those three. Like Asuka's probably going to be staying down in NXT for a while, but those three are going to be, using the, be used to go into that Japanese market because they're all marketable names there. Makes sense. Um... I think that's. Is it anyone got anything else that they want to add on Nakamura? Nope. Yeah. I no, think I think we probably covered covered that then. I, like I say, I'm looking forward to seeing him develop. Um, I want to bring us on to Anderson and Gallows. Then I, 
I think we can probably talk them as, talk about them as a package rather than individually. Although obviously we've mentioned something about Luke Gallows already. They've so far been used on Raw. Well, they've been used on Raw a couple of times, and they seem to be teasing a are they or aren't they angle with the Bullet Club and AJ Styles. I wanted to get you guys' opinion on where you think they can go. Um, I especially want to hear from Daryl on this one because Daryl's got is. Well, just go for it. I mean, you know what you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, are they going to try and get Roman Reigns over with this? Right. <laughs> I didn't know that's right. where you were going to go right. with this, but go on. Because here's my thing. Everyone thinks our Bullet Club, these are cool, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. We in agreement yeah, with that, agree, yeah. yeah? Yeah. Yep. Right. Roman Reigns, not a lot of people think he's cool. He used to be. Did you know that he's not a good guy or a bad guy? He's the he's guy. He's the guy, right? Do you know, he mentions that every single time. Is it is, and, and maybe it's not the Bullet Club. Maybe he's bulletproof with his bulletproof vest and he's got the machine gun at his side. Oh, oh. I'm just I'm just saying that that might happen. Oh. And is the internet ready for that? Is it is it the Roman Empire? <laughs> is it the bulletproof Roman Empire? <laughs> They're all good names. Ooh. But yeah, that's, but like on a more serious note, I, re- I think that that could happen because they had that thing where um, obviously they've, they've come in the beat up Usos they've come they've come in and they've, they've attacked Roman Reigns haven't they so like that's the only flaw in it that they've attacked Roman Reigns like would they attack him if they were then going to team with him but I don't know there's loads of loopholes like that in wrestling yeah there's loads, loads like for example oh Undertaker beats Shane McMahon so Shane McMahon gets control of Raw anyway and Undertaker retires anyway well one of the like really common fan theories I've seen regarding the Bullet Club attacking Roman Reigns and then the whole thing with AJ Styles possibly being involved in them is Finn Balor, which has been the big rumor that he's going to de- he's going to debut with them. The idea that's gone around is that maybe at Payback AJ Styles loses because Finn Balor debuts with them and takes out AJ Styles, which gives Finn Balor a great feud to start off with with the Bullet Club backing him up. Yeah, I could see that, but then I don't know if that's like too insider, like for WWE. Because like the the they're then bringing up NXT's top babyface, and I assume because he's doing that, he's now a heel. Yeah. Um, and they're having a feud based on AJ Styles replacing him in Japan. Is that is that what it'd be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what it'd be, but then also the fact that um, Finn Balor the entire time ever since it was announced that the New Japan Four were coming over has continually posted about this stuff. Yeah, because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. But at the same time, you know that they kind of get watched over for stuff like that, and that's led credence to that fan theory quite a bit, because why is it that he's been allowed to continually post pictures of them? Especially when, before they debuted, he's posting pictures saying, look who's here. Like, that's what's led like a lot of stuff to that fan theory. I think on that one, it could be more that they've really been trying to foster this rumour mongering, you know? Yeah. Especially... Gallows and Anderson were at WrestleMania and they were at the Raw after and weren't used on either one. Well, um, they arrived during WrestleMania. They flew. They were flown in while WrestleMania was happening. Exactly. So why are they doing that unless they're just sort of like winding people up? Because they, they went on the Raw after WrestleMania. No. So Everybody else was. <laughs> everybody else was, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I... Well, I mean... If you... 
I'll I'll yeah, help you this way. So if, if you've only ever seen Luke Gallows as Festus or as was he Luke Gallows in Straight Society? Whatever yeah, he was, was, he yeah. was Luke Gallows in Straight. Right, if you've only ever seen him there, you need to go on YouTube and put in Sex Ferguson. Just type that in. He's he's a he's not going to play that character in WWE. Of course he's not. But like he's he's just mental. Like he plays like this eight guy from eighties that were in territories and he's coming back. And it's just it's just absolutely mental. And another uh, thing I can recommend is there's a shoot interview I think done by High Spots and it's called like Bullet Club Party or something like that. And it's uh Lou Gallows, Carl Anderson, uh Tamatonga, I think Bad Luck Filet's in there, loads of other people pop up in it and it's just them for an hour just fucking about and like it's it just gives you an idea what Bullet Club's about. Yeah. Well, one of the things, the reasons those two work together so well is because they were really good friends out of the ring as well. It's like same with all the Bullet Club. Well, yeah, if you believe what they said, is Luke Gallows sent him an email and um, started burying some wrestlers, and Carl uh, Anderson emailed him back agreeing with him. It's oh, we hate the same people. We should be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think that's why we're all friends, right? That is pretty much why we're all friends. Um, so in terms of them. I'll say as a unit first, and then you can sort of add comments about individually as well. Where do you, where do you see them going, Dan? Uh, I'm not sure right now because, well, they're involved in the main event feuds. So that's a good sign. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do when they finally actually debut as a tag team because we haven't seen that yet of them actually in the ring. Though I believe that's upcoming soon. Do you think they'll probably have a tag team match against the Usos? I, I think that's going to happen on Raw. Pretty much. As, Really? Yeah, next week. I think they've really? said they're going to be wrestling. Oh, I, would, I would have kept it to payback. But anyway, go on. Yeah, um, so get to see how they are in the ring in WWE. Though Luke Gallows got the experience. Carl Anderson hasn't, but he's got a ton of ring experience. He's a veteran, so I'm, I'm expecting good things from him. Like, to be involved in the main event feud straight off is a big deal. So they've obviously got big plans for them going forward. Very true. Daryl? I don't think they've got it for singles. Like, Luke Gallows, definitely not. No. Really? Yeah. I think he's a brilliant tag wrestler. Yeah. But any time I've ever seen him in a singles match, I, and I'm not not as much recently to be honest, but like when I've seen him in a singles match, he's not been that good. Are you saying that you didn't enjoy Imposter Kane against Kane? <laughs> no, I very much enjoyed that match for all, <laughs> all the wrong reasons. <laughs> that was absolutely your sort of match. Wasn't yeah. It? But no, like I've seen Carl Anderson like twice in a singles match, maybe, and he, he's good, but he's shorter than Luke Gallows, and they they love a tall one, don't they? So like, is that gonna stand him in good stead? I don't know, but like, it'll, it'll, it'll be they'll, they'll both do all right. Like, they're they're gonna win tag belts. That's that's a given, I think. Yeah, I um, agree. And obviously, they're gonna be in a main event storyline, whether it's with AJ Styles, Finn Balor, or Roman Reigns. Yeah, I assume they'll be the heavies for one of them. I think it's really good that they when to go back to their actual debut when they sort of came on through the floor, they um, got such a heavy reaction despite it being in LA and not like in a sort of smart crowd and despite not necessarily being the most recognisable two guys you know they're essentially like from a from afar they're just like two bald guys with beards I think it bodes well for the future that despite the fact that they sort of debuted as theoretically two unidentifiable bald guys with beards in front of what was not traditionally a smart crowd they got such a huge reaction and that probably bodes well for the future of the angle as well. But I guess we're going to see where that goes. Um, I would like to see the book. Would, actually, there they are. Very quick. Last question. Yes or no answer. Dan, would you like to see the Bullet Club reunite in WWE? 
Yeah. Daryl. Can we define what the Bullet Club is? Because oh, no, because just like yes or no. Do we want a yes or no? Pimbalo, what? Just oh, yes or no. Tabatonga is any form over? of that. Well, we're not bringing in bad luck Farley, are we? But just ah, <laughs> oh. oh. yes or no? Uh, no, because it might end up being like bad luck Farley. Right. Okay. And on that <laughs> thrilling bombshell. You're not giving us your opinion if you want them to. Yeah, I want them to come. Yeah, fine. Yeah, good. Well, as Bullet Club, I want to have a new name. Well, they have to have a new name because they don't own the trademark to Bullet Club. Yeah, but WWE do what they want, don't they? Yeah, yeah they I was about to say, sorry to sound like Meltzer, but they don't own the club. No, they don't. No, they don't own that. You can't do it. So, what, what do you want them to be called? That's a good feature. What shall we call this team? Well, there you go then. We'll have to wait till next time. Ooh, cliffhanger. Uh, I've got a good hook for next time. Oh, I'm going to review that house show, aren't I? Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Tune yeah. in for that one. Tune in for Daryl's house show review. <laughs> And um, possible names for the Bullet Club. Yeah. Not Biz Clears. <laughs> uh, on that. On that. Um, I, I honestly face. think that this is probably the worst podcast we've produced so far. I'm so glad that you said that on air. Cheers. Yeah, I'm just letting everyone know. Oh, brilliant. Hashtag worst podcast ever. You're a moron. That's off a of, uh, Bullet Club podcast, that. Oh, great. And we nick their hashtag. All right, okay. I'm going to take that Bullet Club. Yeah. We're like the Bullet Club in a way. That we, uh... Vic and Bob and another one. <laughs> All usable. Can I finish the show now? <laughs> right. If you want. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Stop you talking. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Really has been a grumble this week. Um, Twitter.com slash Royal Grumble Pod. Uh, you can find us on iTunes now. Find us on iTunes. Download it through iTunes. Download us through Podbean. Uh, say goodbye, Daryl. Goodbye, Daryl. Say goodbye, Dan. Bye. All right. Take care. See you later. <laughs>